It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes, your TV and film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two longtime lovely co-hosts, Ryan. Forget my name there for a second. Hi. And Ray. Hello. No, there was just a slight delay. I had. Uh, There's the a weird stream. pause there. So maybe I'm unsure. <laughs> no, I had the stream running uh, and I forgot to mute it. And so I started hearing other sounds right as i was supposed to say your name and it took me a second to realize what it was no big deal we're good we're good but yeah this is us derek ryan and ray we are screen heroes welcome back to the show this is episode 236 and this week we are discussing wandavision episode three called now in color turns out these episodes and actually do have titles and before we do that we're going to be talking some news and then at the tail end of the episode we're going to theorize some ways Chris Evans can return to the MCU as Captain America, because there's been rumors about that. So if you stick around, we will be discussing those things. Ray, over to you. Right, 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 right. Okay, so um, there are some weird rumors about HBO Max developing a Harry Potter series. And I say this is weird because right now, both Warner Brothers and HBO Max are denying it. So. Mm-hmm. Questionable. It, right? <laughs> right? Like that's super weird that it would get this far and not one would be like, yeah, let's do this. It's a strange situation for sure. The Hollywood Reporter claims they've spoken to executives from both Warner Brothers and HBO Max, at least according to comicbook.com. So, I mean, the Hollywood Reporter is not a small name. It's not a clickbaity source either. So I'm wondering if it was a misunderstanding or something like that out of an interview. But it is weird. 
the report, if you can even call it that, does say that they have nothing specific in mind. They're looking for pitches for a Potterverse series. So it's not like they have an, a premise for a show even or anything like that. They've got nothing. They The rumor is that they want to do something in the Potterverse. So not a lot of facts about this at this point and not a lot of reporting to actually do just some quick opinions um the world is vast and there's a lot they could do on their own uh they could just pull from just about anything if they wanted to but i know not any of us are really too keen on celebrating it Yeah, there's definitely been some controversy surrounding uh, J.K. Rowling and uh, makes us less interested in it, Uh, which is a shame because there are a lot of things that I would like to see in that universe, but I will politely decline if she is involved. And here's the thing, just so everybody knows, she doesn't need to be directly involved. She doesn't have to write a script. She doesn't have to... Uh, be on set or even produce but she still owns the majority of the rights so no matter what she gets a small portion of everything Harry Potter that there exists if you buy something random off the internet even if you think it doesn't go to her it probably does so Unless you're buying it secondhand, that'd be about the only way to stop that. Exactly. So you can buy stuff secondhand and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, this was uh, an issue back when the Ender's Game film was happening because the author of the Ender's Game franchise, Orson Scott Card, in uh, recent years is not fair, longer than recent, but not when he originally wrote the books, um, came out as very kind of anti-same-sex rights and anti-gay marriage and those types of things. And people didn't want to support the film because they didn't want any money going to him. And then there was this whole conversation about how, well, he had a flat deal. He's already been paid. So the box office isn't going to get him any more money. So you're not helping him if you buy a ticket. And it's a very complicated conversation because of course, in that case, if the movie does really well and they make another one, he's going to get paid again. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the case here with Rowling, even if she gets a flat fee for whatever the show is, if it gets a second season, she's going to get another flat fee. Right. If there's another spinoff, she's going to get another flat fee. That's just the way that it works. So it is a very frustrating situation because a lot of us grew up with the Harry Potter franchise and identify with a lot of archetypes in the franchise but she's kind of ruined it for everybody for a good chunk. Like there's, it's really difficult to find the same kind of joy in it. And looking back, I it's, it's very difficult for me to ignore the other problematic stuff. Of course, recently her transphobic views have been at the forefront, but you know, uh, you look back, you find out that Dobby is very problematic. Cho is problematic. Uh, the the Patil sisters problematic. Like she didn't do 
all the research she claimed and she wasn't very respectful of other people's cultures so it's it's just not as fun for me anymore mm-hmm. and then and then you remove all that the fantastic beast series is very underwhelming it's not as interesting it seems like the whole thing is either a a huge cash grab or b she really wanted to just tell the dumbledore grindelwald story and they were like no no let's do this instead both aren't great reasons to keep making content if the content's boring yeah yeah no i agree with all that yeah i don't have anything else to add okay so uh listeners you tell us what you think about the harry potter stuff are you torn on it do you want to go do it do you are are you able to separate uh art from artists a little bit better than we are in this case so let us let us know let us know know. for the children of course, if you joined us live while we record the show, you could chat with us right now. Facebook.com slash Heroes Podcasts live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. We would really enjoy that. Thank you. What so, else we got? Well, we have a ton of shifting dates. So because of COVID-19, we had a ton of movies move out of 2020. Some did end up going straight to VOD like Scoob and Bill and Ted Face the Music, but most just moved out of 2020 well Mm -hmm. we have now even more films moving out of the winter and spring q1 q2 into the fall and even out of 2021 so uh first we did have something move up so godzilla versus kong was a may release it's now releasing in march simultaneously on uh, hbo max and in theaters so that's now happening at the end of march depending on what country you live in it's either march 26th or march 31st so there's that for you. However, pretty much anything else of note has either already moved or is rumored to be moving. We have The King's Man moved to August. A Quiet Place Part 2 moved to September. No Time to Die and Last Night in Soho both moved to October. Ghostbusters moved to November. And now Morbius and Uncharted both moved to 2022. I think I'm still not convinced everything. Uncharted is actually done. I mean, it's it, it's supposed to be filming, but uh, or done filming, but I guess we don't really know for sure. But yeah, so we still have a few movies that were unclear about. Black Widow still has not officially moved out of its May spot. Neither has Free Guy. And we have Spiral, which is the Chris Rock-led Saw film, also in May. And Emma Stone's Cruella is still also in May. So May is still a fairly stacked month with four major releases. Well, Cruella was supposed to be a straight to Disney+. Plus, So that and Raya and the Last Dragon are going to have the premium pricing. Okay, I had not heard that about Cruella. So. Yes. Yes. So Raya's pricing was released today. Do you have that info? Because I don't have it in front of me. No. I don't believe it's the same as Mulan. So that's interesting. I I knew it was a Disney Plus release. I did not know Raya was going to be a premium release. I thought they were basically doing what what HBO HBO Max is doing. So that's very interesting. 
I, I don't have those numbers. I'll but look at that. The uh, Coming to America sequel hits Amazon Prime at the beginning of March, uh, same day as Raya and the Last Dragon hits Disney+. Plus. So you do have a couple movies uh, in March, uh, those two in Godzilla, and then Mortal Kombat is on HBO Max in mid-April. So there you go. Cool. That's what um, we have. Uh, I, I, I definitely expect most of May's films, if not all of them, to, to move. I don't expect Black Widow to release on May 7th. I just don't. Yeah, this seems like a fair bet. I mean, it's a tough, right? <laughs> Unless you're doing the HBO Max model where you're right. dual releasing, it's kind of, I mean, how are you going to release your movie? Nobody's going to go see it. I'm with you. And I, I, it's a little weird that they haven't just made the decision yet. I think it's starting to get really weird that they haven't just decided to do a dual release like mm-hmm. HBO. I understand not being as aggressive as Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers came out and said every movie they're releasing in 2021 is a dual release. I get that that's a little aggressive, but at this point, Black Widow has been delayed a year and it's already a sequel that feels too little too late to begin with because, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert, the character's already dead. So, like, just give us the movie so we can enjoy it already. Yep. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Okay. So, I just looked up the article that I was looking at earlier. It does not say how much. It specifically ignores that. It says that it's not going to be the same as Mulan. Okay. And I, I think that's probably a good thing because so many of backlash yeah it was a lot of money it was like it's it was more than any other vod out there Mm -hmm. so and plus you're already paying for the streaming service as is true yeah i would expect it to come to 1999 which is what the standard vod has been for this Mm -hmm. covid era type of release and i think that that's just more reasonable across the board Yep. So anything else on release date stuff? I don't think so. Okay. Fair enough. The first movie out there that I expect to actually hold its date would be Shang-Chi on July 9th. I think that's the first realistic release date. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, you know, could still be the MCU bringing everybody back to theaters for real here in the States. I think that that is a very legitimate possibility definitely any other news that you guys want to cover we don't have to talk much about it but uh thor 11 thunder started filming today so that's exciting yeah that is yeah that is exciting uh matt damon is apparently in it i read (laughs) uh i love taika i swear to god (laughs) he just wants to like say fuck you to everything else in the mcu just (laughs) his own random crap and i love it i'm really looking forward to thor you know, Ragnarok was just so wonderful. So this one's definitely one of my more anticipated films. Um, not my most anticipated, but it's definitely really high up there. Yeah, me too. Ever I since agree. Ragnarok, I mean, that blew me away. Definitely. Yeah. Ragnarok was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. Well, it's clearly the best of the Thor f- trilogy, right? And then I definitely think it's one of the better MCU films anyway. So definitely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then if that's it for news, we'll go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we will be discussing WandaVision episode three now in color. So consider this your spoiler warning for the first three episodes of WandaVision. We'll be right back, everybody. 
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, we're back. We are back with the Screen Heroes podcast here to talk WandaVision episode three now in color where would you guys like to start on this one spoiler warnings if you didn't catch that before the ad break but this is this is all spoiler territory at this point yep where do you want to kick things off oh derek i think we should kick things off at the beginning okay knock yourself out sure go right ahead you knock yourself out Live on camera. This is going to get us a lot of views. Oh, yeah. We're going to One night only. <laughs> Maybe we'll break double digits. Oh, no. All right, Ray, go ahead. Get us started here. Okay, so uh, this episode is basically 30 minutes of Wanda being pregnant. And... <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, she ceases to be pregnant by the end of the episode. How? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's true. Good for her. Uh, but yeah, her her powers have definitely gone uh, very intense. And I think some of the best stuff in this is when she's getting distracted, she's getting contractions and flutterings and kicks and her powers like she has less control over them which i think we're gonna see more and more of her having less control over this world yeah that's fair uh some of them were pretty funny i i personally liked it more when she had to try and hide that she was pregnant i thought that that was pretty hilarious it's such a fun uh, trope yes you know, so many women uh, actors have gotten pregnant over the years and they've done everything they possibly could to hide it by like shoving a fridge door in front of them or making them hold stuff. And some have been more successful than others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a big complaint from a lot of other people too, or for a lot of people I've talked to. I, I like to talk at work and around, you know, tell all my friends about the shows to see what their opinions are. And a lot of the people that I talk to are saying that they aren't really digging this show so far and that uh, they don't want to watch a show, uh, an MCU show that's basically a comedy for laughs. And, you know, that it's a little over the top with like the sitcom tropes and things like that. Which I can understand. That's a totally fair criticism. It's, I mean, it's not a show that's going to be for everybody. If you're going into it expecting to see a Marvel movie, then it's what we've seen so far is not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought this episode was a little heavy. I mean, I appreciate the sitcom tropes 
as much as anybody else. But, you know, three episodes in, I feel like things should really be rolling. And right now, I mean, they started to roll, but we're still, you know, really in the dark about everything. So this uh, this episode also made me reinforce the belief that this all probably should have been released at once. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the, it really finally gets like deeply interesting at the tail end of the episode. Right. Right. When Geraldine is literally thrown out of the town and we get the full picture of what's actually happening, because until that moment, you know, there was speculation about, did she take over an existing town? Is this a pocket dimension? Right. There are lots of different theories. Now we know at least what that is. Right. But I definitely see that point. I think that 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 raises some concerns about the She-Hulk show, because that's supposed to be a half hour legal comedy. That's how they're framing the show. And it also kind of puts into perspective that uh, Feige basically said that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a six hour Marvel film, which is not what he's said about WandaVision. And so this is a riskier thing, especially because the way it's being framed at the end of this is supposed to just totally re well, for I box myself in, but reframe the MCU moving forward with phase four and basically define the terms of what phase four of the MCU is going to look like. That's a lot of pressure to put on such a unique show when the MCU has, for better or worse, followed a very similar formula through most of its 23 films. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think this show could make or break the rest of the Disney plus Marvel shows, at least the ones that are different kind of non-Marvel movie shows like She-Hulk, because, you know, if this show is good and the end is that there's a payoff that makes all these episodes that may not be as Marvel-y worth it, then maybe people will be more likely to check out those shows in the future like She-Hulk. But if it doesn't pay off and they are left disappointed at the end, then, you know, that really could affect She-Hulk and some of the other non-typical MCU stuff ray what do you think oh well that actually like those comments actually make me a little angry at like believe it or not um and i don't know why i just feel like so i've been a huge fan of scarlet witch for years she's been one of my favorite characters and up until now i feel like the mcu has wasted her both Elizabeth Olsen and the character have star potential and there's a lot to dig in there. And I feel like we're finally getting this clearly she is dealing with all the trauma of losing her home, her family, her brother, her, uh, the man she was in love with. And we're, we're seeing this, play out and right now it's it's a happy kind of situation but scarlet witch if you know anything about her she's not a happy character her her stories don't end in happy endings and because like in an hour and a half you haven't had the same payoff that you had in every other marvel film your bored you're annoyed like it's one thing to critique it but you know to say that it's too gimmicky too comic or too uh comedic is just 
absolutely hypocritical considering how fucking goofy ant-man was like ant-man and the wasp has a whole scene where he's a a baby like thing and endgame does the exact same thing you have a baby and you know like an hour and a half into those movies you're getting some payoff you know, it's for sitting there at this point, we we still just, really aren't getting any payoff. I understand your point. I'm not trying to. I just don't feel like, I mean, when you compare to some other stuff that there's zero payoff in things like Ant-Man, like you could remove those from the entire MCU for me. And it's just like, there's, there's no meat to it. There's, there's no special emotions connected to it and right now you know especially at the end of this episode elizabeth olsen is acting her ass off and she's just gonna get more intense as we go along like i I, maybe it's because i'm such a huge scarlet witch fan but like i i can see her and her suffering like can can you guys like I think all all of us can, but I can imagine okay. a, a more casual viewer might not know the character as well. You know, maybe they haven't seen every single MCU movie. Um, you know, we're certainly not typical viewers, any of the three of us. So uh, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to see through a different lens. And I, I don't really get it either, because obviously we all have seen all the Marvel movies. We know there's going to be a big payoff, right? Anybody right. who's seen Endgame, which was basically everybody in the world, knows that Marvel will generally pay off their movies somehow and their shows. So, you know, is it worth sitting through however many hours of content for this? I mean, I don't know. That's up to each individual person. It's, it's certainly... also up to the rest of the story, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I've i only seen the first three episodes and I'm basing what I think is coming off of what I've already seen in the comics from the the many different stories of Scarlet Witch. So it could, I could be completely wrong and eat these words in a few weeks. I, I totally could, and I'm prepared to do so. Yeah. I think some of it definitely comes back to how different the first two episodes for sure are. You know, most of the Marvel movies, even even the ones that break the mold, like, say, Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy, they all still look the same. The style of an MCU film is all very similar. The color palettes, just the way they're shot. There's a lot of similarities and some rise above it. Right. You've got like the Winter Soldier and some are the peak of it, like Endgame. But this show is such a departure that if you aren't into the style, the stylized part of those first two episodes it's weird and i like weird i love weird it's why i really like dr strange and i'm super stoked for the sequel and what they're doing with all the multiverse stuff but i'm a junkie for that weird nonsense and i'm i'm concerned that maybe it is too much for the general audience that doesn't care about yeah, those types they just of want things. to see the mcu formula right they want to see their hero stumble and then redeem themselves and win mm-hmm. and the the industry has had some backlash over the success of the marvel machine right just cranking out these movies that follow similar tones over and over again because people then aren't as interested in something that breaks that mold 
Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I like it was just kind of rolling around in my head that because Marvel's movies, I mean, the majority of them follow the exact same kind of pattern. All their origin stories are pretty much the same. And a lot of their sequels amp things up in the exact same kind of way. So here is something that's truly different, or at least it is in the beginning. And it, I, I understand why that throws people off, you know, 23 movies and they've all done really well in theaters. So something this different may just, it's not going to ruin them. You know, they're too, no. oh. they can afford to take risks. Exactly. Especially when they've got something kind of safe mm-hmm. uh, coming up next. Yeah. See, one of those people I talked to earlier uh, or that I mentioned earlier you know compared it to like thor ragnarok which they also didn't love um probably because of the comedic elements but at least thor ragnarok like when it had serious moments and it did have some very serious moments you know there wasn't a laugh track this show even in the moments that are supposed to be like okay that's weird there's a laugh track and so you know it kind of throws it off like for me it makes it more creepy when they're you know when something really weird is happening and then there's a laugh track with it but for a normal person, they're like, am I supposed to, you know, even the serious stuff, am I supposed to be laughing at this? You know, what, what's going on? They can't figure out. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm I think that's, I think it, you but. stumbled on the key. We should be uncomfortable with the show right now. Right. But that's not an MCU film. The MCU films are comfortable, right? Like that's why Infinity War had so many people just freaking out for a year because it was the first time the MCU really did anything uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, people right? did not like that. And I mean, not this... until Endgame came out. Exactly, and at least then we knew we're like, well, well, the sequel, this next part's coming, and that's going to fix it all, right? And with this, we don't really know what's going to happen at this point because we've already had the big climax of the Infinity Saga. So now mm-hmm. we've got this just uncomfortable state, and if anything, that means they're actually do they've succeeded in what they wanted to do. We just might not like it. Now I I like it, but a person might not like it. But that's so kind now of the it, point. It's the payoff that right. we're waiting for. Um, yeah, and there's still six episodes. So how many more episodes are they going to drag out before we're like, right. you know, feeling like we're starting to get some payoff? Because that's what I want. I just want to taste. I just well, want a taste of the payoff, you know? Well, I feel like introducing the kids so quickly and with how fast her pregnancy was that there's a good chance we're going to see maybe adults yeah, by the end likely. of this series. And there's been rumors that uh, what was the guy's name that was Quicksilver in the Evan Fox movies? Evan Peters. Evan Peters. There's rumors that he's appearing in this show, um, and so Which I'm is wondering. So weird. Is, well, is one isn't one of her kids? Doesn't one of her kids have super speed? Yeah. So she has two children. Speed, who is basically a mini version of her brother. And Wiccan, who's basically a mini version of her, only well adjusted. <laughs> so, well, I mean, how great of a little like weird nod for us would it be if Evan Peters was playing Speed? I mean, he is one of the better parts of those movies. Right, for sure. People almost universally liked him in that role. Yeah, that's fair. So, that would be kind of funny if that was the case. I agree. I think that would be a really fun shout out for, I mean, it wouldn't be like that big of a thing, but it would be pretty cool for fans that have watched all the Marvel movies. 
absolutely it's a cool idea it's a cool mm-hmm. idea part of me wonders if they want to just distance themselves from all of that you know and not cross the streams in any real way well but i guess we'll find out yeah we'll find i mean i would like it i would like it i'm just again marvel does that really opens the multiverse safe. right Th- that time. really like is a weird weird thing in the multiverse that they could throw in there but well we're raising st- a lot of questions yeah we're starting down that that path um so okay so i want to talk a bit about what happens um in the front yard of the fence line with vision and the two neighbors herb yeah her herb and uh and agnes so what do you think he wanted what do you think herb wanted to tell vision I have no idea. All I know is that he was glitching out. He wanted to, <laughs> well before that was earlier. I mean, like when they're having the conversation. Right. It seemed pretty yeah. clear that w- he was going to say to me. It seemed clear that he was going to say we're all trapped or we're all prisoners. Um, as like they're all prisoners or trapped in Wanda's vision, and they're all just kind of being puppeted mm-hmm. by her. And Agnes is probably the only one that is not, and so she's you know kind of. Ag- sorry agnes agatha harkness i keep calling her both of those things but yeah i think if she's the, probably the only one that along with whoever her mysterious husband is mephisto uh <laughs> that's gonna show up at some point they're the only ones not being puppeted because they are in fact partially puppeting her to get her to do things yeah uh, there's definitely some outer influence to this and i i think it's kind of obvious just based on the other stuff going on in the background you know all the symbolism in the paintings and the uh you know everybody else kind of around what what they're saying like the doctor saying that they can't escape then yeah i completely agree that herb was gonna say that they're all in some form or another stuck there yeah well and part of me wonders if maybe just playing devil's advocate for a minute Agnes is a red herring. Yeah, Mephisto's advocate for a minute here. That Agnes is a red herring, and she's she just has a bit of a stronger personality and is trying to keep people under control so they don't all die. But she's not actually Agatha, and it's meant to be a misdirect for people who know the background material. It's possible, but I think that's a little too clever. I don't think they're going to get that crazy with it. You know what I mean? Like, they want to throw people off. They're going to do things to throw everybody off, but I don't think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I honestly don't believe that we have the whole show figured out, but I do believe that she is Agatha Harkness because I believe she is going to appear in Doctor Strange. That's fair. Also, if you notice she's like the only one that keeps like certain costume pieces on through all the decades. She has this one mm-hmm. brooch mm-hmm. that she's wearing and she wears it. She's worn it in every decade so far. And it's the same. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously something about her that's different than every other person in this thing. So I think if they were going to play it as like a red herring, doing something like that would not be, I mean, I don't know. Cause then everybody at the end would just be questioning, well, why did she get to keep this part of her costume and nobody else got to keep yeah. anything. And she was a red herring the whole time, you know, there'd be no I payoff think- for that. The red herring is more likely that, you know, maybe she's not the villain that. Yeah, that could be it. I I thought about that same thing. That it could just be Wanda, that Wanda is getting in her own way and she's become a villain. Or it could just be that Mephisto is a villain and and Agatha's just kind of along for the ride. Right. And she's not really working with him. Because 
Agatha has been both Agatha in the comics is on her own side only you know she she has her reasons for doing things and sometimes that lines up with the good side of morality and the bad side Mm -hmm. so I do have one complaint in this episode and it has to do with how Geraldine is found out She's wearing a sword necklace and I just don't believe that her character is dumb enough to do that. We don't know anything about her character. No, but she's an agent for sword. And we, we understand to an extent what's how serious sword would take things because of shield. And we've been had shield shown in, you know, to our faces for a decade. And so I have to believe that even if she ended up in there by accident, like the helicopter crashing, right. That she would have hid that necklace and not just been wearing it around for, for Wanda to see. I just, that, that was just a little silly for me. And I liked where they were going until that moment. I liked that she was, you know, kind of poking and prodding and trying to get underneath what was happening, trying to reach Wanda. I thought that was really cool. And then it kind of ruined it for me that it was like, oh, you're wearing the symbol of the guys I don't like. See, I more had I had a different problem with it because uh, I, you know, I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a lot of really stupid S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that do stupid <laughs> shit. So that doesn't really surprise me. In any workplace, there's always going to be the dumbest person. And I'm not saying Monica or Geraldine or whatever is the is the dumbest person, but everybody <laughs> makes mistakes, right? And she's already right. been like warped into this alternate reality. So she's already thrown off her game. She can't remember things. And so, uh, you know, that didn't bother me. But I don't, uh, in the movies, has there been a point when when uh, Scarlet Witch has dealt with S.W.O.R.D.? No. no, no that's all been. Is... That was my issue with it. How does she even know what S.W.O.R.D. is? She knows what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. But she would just see a sword necklace and be like, oh, I bet they're related to shield. You know, I don't know. That was the problem with that for me. But I think that's off screen, honestly. And I know that's a lame answer, but because like the beekeepers got the same symbol and she kind of like recognized him and the helicopters got the same symbol. I think she knows the symbol as being people out to stop her. But that yeah. might be all that she knows. Or invaders. Yeah, or, she yeah. just doesn't. She just knows they're not like part of this. Right. Exactly. That, that yeah. makes more sense. But yeah, I don't know if that's enough to like throw somebody out of this whole town for. That, it is interesting but... that she didn't kill her. Right. Because let's be honest, she's got the power to kill her. Right. Well, so she killed Crossbones. She she killed Crossbones. She was gonna kill Thanos, so she's got no problem killing this little agent that we have here, right? So it's interesting that she chose not to do that and instead just expelled her from the town, which leads me to believe it's really difficult to get inside. Was it weird for you guys, like uh, hearing her all of a sudden start mentioning Ultron and things in the Marvel movies? Like for me, I, I was like, I'm into the sitcom, right? And I know it's a Marvel thing, but then like. To hear her go, oh, your brother was killed by Ultron. And it's like, oh, shit, it's this part. Like, it was just weird in this sitcom to hear Ultron referenced in a serious moment. You know, I I thought it was finally time because going from Age of Ultron 
to Civil War, literally their movies back to back. I mean, like Ant-Man's in between, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and they don't acknowledge her brother dying at all. Yeah. And in Endgame, they barely acknowledge that Vision's dead. So this girl is like having her entire world upended and we're still focused on Tony and Cap and that makes sense I understand it's really their saga but cooler stuff is going on in the background so I thought it was much too late but like finally finally sorry guys my baby got some vaccinations today so I'm gonna take care of her at the moment uh so that's okay Derek and I will continue talking amongst ourselves yeah, be nice it. about WandaVision. Oh, we're we going to be this. so nice. Now, once you're gone, I guess we'll unleash my true feelings. Right, right. Because nice is something you both are known for. That's right. That's hurtful. Okay. Um, no, Catch I, you I, all I, next week. Oh, okay. She's not coming back, apparently. Okay. Probably not. Just in case. Like, we're, we're more than halfway through. So, just in case, catch you all next week. I'm at Siren Ray. <laughs> okay. Um, no, that was a really interesting moment for me, too. I thought it helped kind of bring seriousness to it that we hadn't really had much of yet. And it showed me like Geraldine's got some guts because she knows what Wanda is capable of to some extent, right? Just, you know, maybe she doesn't know the full breadth of the powers, but she knows some extent and she's willing to start prodding what is clearly a very emotional topic on purpose. Well, she's trying to connect with Wanda. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily brave. It was more like, I feel like trying to secure her safety, right? She's in this crazy thing by somebody who could just rip her apart at any moment. So she wants to connect with that person. I don't know. Either way, it was it was an interesting move to to bring up Ultron. And it did what it was supposed to for me. When I say it kind of like shocked me to hear that. Um, yeah, that was what it was supposed to do, right? Because that was the whole point. So yeah, I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. I guess- from at least the viewer perspective, everybody seems pretty safe. Like no one's lives appear to be in danger. Obviously they're, they're held captive, right? They're prisoners, but none of every single one of them seems scared of Wanda, except for Agnes. Yeah. But I imagine that's because they know what she can do, not necessarily what she is doing. So they don't really feel safe then I imagine. Well, right. But I guess what I, what I mean by that is like, Wanda's not trying to hurt anybody yeah right so yeah obviously but so trying to like bring up her dead brother and traumatic events seems like that would be a more risky thing than going along with it so i that's why i'm saying i think it takes guts fair enough i don't know so i I only had a couple notes this week uh so one thing i thought was interesting that when monica uh or geraldine or whatever gets thrown out of uh the little vision thing whatever you want to call this this bubble that one is great yeah um all that stuff all her clothes and everything stays on everything's the same so obviously whatever happens whatever wanda controls and changes inside is permanent Mm -hmm. it's not like you know this is just a weird fantasy in her brain and things go back to normal as soon as they leave it everything that's happening in here is permanent so these are definitely going to be permanent consequences at the end of this whole thing which does Um, support the the theory that vision's actually back Right. At least because he's now. obviously real. Yeah. Um, the only other note I had was the, so we talked a little bit about the commercials. Yes. In the, um, and this one I was a little bit more of a struggle to find a connection, but uh, 
so it, it, this is a weird connection because you know I'm a fan of Agents of Shield. In one of the seasons, they go into something called the framework, which is basically an alternate reality um, where everybody is doing different jobs. Coulson's like this conspiracy theorist. Um, some of them work for Hydra. Um, it's kind of like a flashpoint reality, but it's all in like a computer and they're all just like plugged into this computer, like the matrix. And uh, at one point in that season, in the framework, they reference Hydra's brainwashing soap um, that, that, uh. that, that like soaks into your pores. And it's meant as like a conspiracy theory joke, like because Colson's a teacher that's like way into conspiracy theories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he makes his own soap because of this brainwashing soap. Uh, but then the see the Hydra soap uh, in this episode that's the only connection I can make to it but I feel like that had there had to be something there with that that's just too coincidental um, I mean that sounds it, like that's what it is it's cool though that's a cool connection right. because yeah. it's just kind of a throwaway thing in the show um, and you don't Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans don't get that kind of satisfaction very often so that was really cool to see yeah that's that is really cool I took it just as a Hydra reference not a very obvious one you know but right uh, but that's fun I like that that's better <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was a nice nod for people that that like the uh the show so mm -hmm. yeah those are my only two notes a lot of stuff happened but it was all like very obvious stuff there's not a lot of right. theory like adding to what we already talked about last week most of those things that i talked about last week um i still think are going to be what happens so this all this most of this that happened this week really supported that but if, so if you didn't listen to that go check out that episode we all discussed a lot of theories about what we think, where we think this series is going and this episode supported most of our theories. Um, so we can't really count any of them out at this point. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, everything else that happens are just kind of plays on sitcom scenarios, you know, like the stork, she's trying to hide the stork and the stork wants to eat Geraldine's pants. Cause they have fish printed on them. Right. And then the red and smoke when she like tries to make her make the stork disappear was cool. Yeah. That was a nice effect. Um, you know, and then it was just like regular, like pregnancy joking, sitcom -y type things just at a hyper speed. Yeah. Right. It was, it was really all that that kind of was. Um, yeah, there was the weird uh, herb glitching moment where he's cutting the hedges and he starts cutting the, the brick fence. And of course, which... there's a laugh track behind that to make mm -hmm. it all the more creepy. And that was kind of weird because it implies that. Wanda not only has created this this environment and created what everyone looks like and what they're wearing and everything, but is literally controlling their actions subconsciously. And when she gets too distracted, they get stuck. This that scene also weirded me out a little bit because you know we're led to believe that this is a whole neighborhood, right? Right. And uh, you know when he's cutting those hedges, it is very clearly just a painting behind him. Yes, I noticed and that. So. How I mean, surely she would notice just a painting, right? Well, uh, so I thought I know that's a throwback to the sitcom, yeah. right? And the, but but also like that's a reality. It's it it has to make sense in universe too, right? I mean, because it's happening in universe. It's not. I don't I mean, know. It it is and it isn't right because it's it's happening in reality, but it's her TV show reality. So she so the painting just disappears and turns into a real house when she leaves the house when she wants it to look real. Yeah. When she wants to go over there, otherwise it's, it's very not weird there. It is. It's totally weird. Absolutely. But you know, matte paintings were massive. That was a thing, sure. you know? And so I think it just, it's that aesthetic, right. Or, or maybe, maybe she only has a certain range that she can actively manipulate. 
right? Or at least at this point, because she's you know still learning a lot of her powers, or she's just too mentally str- strained. And or so because she's just about to give birth, you right. know, she's yeah. So maybe that's the limit of her Could abilities be. at that moment in time. I mean, in reality, it's just like a nice nod to the sitcoms, but yeah. it made me think like, how is this working in universe? Because mm-hmm. it is, it is in universe and it's very clear. They're making it obvious that this is what this is. So right. that, you know, I don't know. Now maybe I'm thinking too much about it. The, the Agnes thing, another piece to this is that Agnes is the one who tells vision that she doesn't have that Geraldine doesn't have a home. Right. Uh-huh. So Agnes wants Geraldine found out, which would lead credence to the idea that Agnes is a villain because she wants to keep all of this going. Whereas like everybody else, if you're really just a regular person who's trapped would want any help you could get to get out of that situation. Well, and, and I mean, that's supported by either in the first or second episode when the interaction with the mailman that I commented on that was really weird, you know, and her like him, her like trying to keep track of any messages incoming to Wanda, mm-hmm. um, you know, and doing the weird like gun motion with the mailman that's really and then staring at his butt. I mean, that was just, that whole interaction was just super weird and out of place. So I feel like that was to kind of throw you off and make you go, okay, well, clearly she's like trying to control something here. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's just all evidence pointing towards that she is actually a villain. But um, that could be a red herring. We don't know. Could be. It could be. And maybe maybe Agnes thinks that Geraldine is a bad guy because she doesn't belong there because she's not from that group. Right. right. There's another way that you could look at that. She knows that Geraldine doesn't belong, so maybe she's the problem. And Visions mentioned some unsavory characters coming into the neighborhood lately uh, mm-hmm. in the previous episode. So right. you know that all could be connected. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, at least for me, that was kind of it for the episode. There wasn't a whole lot else to dive into. I'm hoping episode four has a lot more crap for us to go like, okay, we got to dissect this. But (laughs) really, we're the most thing we're dissecting was the painting behind behind Herb or whatever his name is, you know, Mm -hmm. the the wall painting. So whatever. It was a good episode. But yeah, I wish I wish more would start happening. Yeah. I don't want the whole thing given away or anything, but like, give me something. So I feel like I've got something concrete, at least one little concrete thing. Definitely. Well, okay. So then we're going to take one more short break. And when we come back, we're going to theorize some ways Chris Evans could return to the MCU as Captain America before we wrap up our episode this week. So we will be right back, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. And there's been these rumors 
that Chris Evans is returning to the MCU as Captain America. So that would you know, lead us to believe not as, you know, old man Cap necessarily, but actually as Captain America. And I thought it would be fun before we have any actual information just to kind of theorize some ways he could return or ways we'd like to see him return. And, you know, Ryan, do you have any any thoughts on that? Anything well, you'd like to see? Not old man Cap. I mean, I want old man Cap. I want to see. I want to see old man get off my lawn cap, just like booting some guys in the face, like Clint Eastwood style. Get off my lawn, you know? <laughs> what or you like, like to train old man Logan. <laughs> they can have him be like old man Logan and have like this be set way in the future. I don't know. But I, I, in reality, they're not going to do that. There was a no. lot of time uh, unaccounted for kind of when he was like going between dimension or going between time periods, returning infinity stones. There's a lot of stuff that can be done there. I don't necessarily love the idea of him coming back because I thought he had such a beautiful wrap up with Peggy and Endgame, um, and he's like one of the only characters that got a really like just beautiful beginning to end arc. Um, and so seeing him come back is a little weird. I'd rather just be have that character be done. I don't want to see every character come back, even though I'm a huge Cap fan. Um, the only other thing I thought maybe might happen is, which I'm not really confident in because um, I don't think they would waste him on this, but they are doing the secret invasion show on Disney plus. And I thought having him come back as scroll cap might be a thing um, like captain America, but he's actually a scroll. They've got a scroll in his place. Um, you know, that that's it. that happens in the comic books, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't foresee them wasting that on, on uh, a, the secret invasion TV show. Yeah. So to kind of piggyback on, on all of those things that you were saying, I think the most likely is a mini series about him returning the stones, because I think a lot of fans have found the idea interesting. And I think they could do, you know, like a four to six episode mini series on him returning those stones. Yeah. Seeing him interact with Red Skull again, like who doesn't want that? Come on. That, that's so cool. I think it works well because it leaves his ending in place and intact, but helps fill in just kind of how some of this worked and we can see him in some unique situations and and things like that. So I think that would be really cool that I would really like to see. And I think that's the most realistic. I I did read some article saying that there were rumors that uh, Captain America was going to be fighting Sam Wilson uh, cap at some point and the, this is you know that's what his return is for i'm like i sure as shit hope they don't waste his return on two captain america's fighting that's the last thing i want to see so this leads to an idea that i have and i'm not saying that i like this idea or that i i think that it's very likely to happen but it's a possibility so you know there's a lot of stuff in superheroes are about the symbol of the hero right you know that they stand for more than themselves and it has to do with with that them being an an image for people to look for and with cap basically being dead from all you know practical purposes they could try to either use a scroll to look like cap or clone cap in a way and maybe that doesn't go well and sam has to take him down but it's going to be exactly the same as what happens in winter or in uh the falcon winter soldier show with, with the fake cap you know, except it's You're not right. actually a clone. I just don't want to see that same shit rehashed a bunch of times. So going just way off the deep end on conspiracy theory stuff. What if that is cap U S agent? What if it's not actually U S agent? 
You're saying it's Chris Evans putting on a bunch of prosthetic makeup and uh, no, I'm saying that it will end up being Chris Evans, but that they didn't use him. Like they're going to do like facial reconstruction and post to keep that a secret. Oh, so you think he's a a U.S. agent is going to show up and have Cap's face, right? Yeah. I mean, I would be not happy (laughs) if I was the actor that played U.S. agent. Unless that, unless you knew going in. That's they, yeah, I mean, but he he actually like is a decent actor. So like <laughs> to, to, to pay somebody, like why wouldn't you just get a stunt person to do it or something if you were gonna do that? You know, I mean because like people a kick would, in the face. Well, because it's it's more believable, right? If that was the whole ruse, if really the idea was to keep that a locked down secret, I mean that would be the best it way to possibly be. do it. Nobody would ever have guessed. That's true. I don't know. I, that's a, that's a bit out there, but yeah, I mean, that would be a funny way, funny way to do it. Yeah. It but... seems more likely to me that he would just like show up in one of the Loki timelines or something like that. Um, that would be fine. I'd be totally fine with that. It, you know, if he goes to a particular time period where he still was around. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Him and Loki have had interactions in the past. I mean, that scene with uh, Captain America in Germany was a, such a great scene mm-hmm. up against Loki. So, uh, you know, they've had interactions before. It would make some sense there, but I think it, again, it's a little wasted. I don't think you're going to get Chris Evans. You know, I, I think he would do it, but well, I don't yeah. think that you're going to use, if you start a contract with Chris Evans saying that we needed him to appear in two or three more properties, that you're going to use it in one episode of a Disney plus show. You're going to use it in a movie. Right. I mean, always, I mean, maybe, I mean, he did do the bit in the dark world, right. Where Loki turns into him for five seconds. And I think that Chris Evans is the kind of guy who would be fine doing those types of things because it's fun and it interweaves some stuff. So I definitely think it's on the table. I just think that I'm with what you said earlier, which is that very few characters get to have the satisfying arc that he got and Tony's the other character, right? I think both of them got really incredible arcs over the course of the infinity saga. And at this point, anything else you do with those two actors as those two characters risks that legacy, right? You could just leave it. And then you always have this legacy of these great characters. But yeah, as soon as you start doing other stuff, you know, and if it was scroll cap, like that wouldn't ruin it because this, that's not actually cap. That's just right. a scroll doing ca- a cap impression, essentially. So you'd still maintain that legacy. But if you're actually using him as Captain America, then yeah, that's what I worry about because he's one of my favorite characters. I mean, I, w- I would hate to see them tarnish that. And I don't know that Marvel will do that. You know, like the, the rumors about Iron Man coming back, like he's voicing something in uh the what if series mm-hmm. and that's different maybe yeah. he'll be doing like a jarvis like voice in the Ironheart series or something who knows now but, see that uh, would be really cool though because first off that's based on the comic books right yeah. so that he is the ai in that line of the comics and i think having him be take over that jarvis role it doesn't tarnish tony because it's not actually tony right Right. This is an AI computer program and it allows his presence to help guide this new young character into a pivotal role. So that that works for me. I don't have any problem with that. In fact, I hope that they're able to work that out. Yeah, I don't either. And it's a lot easier to pay to Robert Downey Jr. for a voiceover and have him not actually have to do anything or even Chris Evans pay him to, so he doesn't actually have to work out or anything. He just does voiceover. If there was some way or have him, I'm sure he's going to be in the what if show too. They probably all are, but yeah, um, you know, I don't know. I, I just really worry that they're going to ruin his legacy. 
That would be terrible. And well, don't we definitely... have a fight, Falcon. Come on. No, I don't really want that to happen. I'm just being silly, kind of theorizing some crazy stuff. I, I really want to see Falcon stand on his own. I want Falcon to become the next Captain America as he did in the comics. And I want him to be able to do it, you know, not a hundred percent on his own. You know, he's got, uh, he's got Bucky there to kind of be his, his support, but I don't want, I don't want Steve Rogers cap to be part of that at this point. In chat, uh, we, we keep getting the Red Skull mentioned. Do you think it could that that maybe Red Skull will be cloning himself or like trying to dress up as Cap to do something? I think at this point, if, with him being like the Stone Protector, that seems like a weird. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no way for him to be able to do that. Someone would have to relieve him, or he'd have to go like like if it takes place further back in time, I guess. But it would have to when? go way back. Yeah, before he knew Cap, like first Avenger time. It would have to be before he even knew who Cap was. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't really work. So unless you want to bring the Loki series into it and Loki somehow gets to Red Skull before then. Or it's a multiverse Red Skull skull where he isn't the Infinity Stone Keeper because we are going to be starting to deal with multiverse stuff. So that's true. And that's where things get kind of sketchy, right? Because if it's multiverse stuff we're talking about, then Chris Evans could come back and play a different version of cap or yeah the one that the our current version stole the shield from maybe <laughs> right there you go you know? you know or hey you know what chris evans could come back and play the human torch again yeah it's true there we go <laughs> no thanks i'm good i mean it would be a fun nod but no let's no, get a new right. torch in there okay fair enough fair enough any other theories on cap that you want to throw out there no okay. sir okay well then i think this is a good place to stop then for the uh, for the week so next week we'll be covering wandavision episode four and talking some other fun movie and tv nerdy goodness so join us next week for that don't forget to join us live on tuesday nights at 9 p.m eastern on the heroes podcast network facebook page thank you to everybody who joined us and chatted during the show we appreciate it we really do so thank you and if you can't join us live no problem our show is streamable at heroespodcast.com and you can subscribe on your podcast app of choice we're pretty much everywhere iHeartRadio, stitcher spotify apple podcasts you name it we got it if it's not on your service let us know and we'll figure out what it takes for us to end up there Drop us a review. If you review our show, I promise we will discuss your review live on the show. So please go ahead and do that. It helps people find the show for us. Ray, you can find at Siren Ray. Ryan is at Buster Props. I am at the Star Trek Dude. And we are the Screen Heroes Podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. Follow us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We will catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.